0: Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone, today I'm joined with Abby Icefinger, and she's a psychic medium. She's also a past life regressionist. And guys, she is so fascinating. And I'm so happy to have her on my show. Welcome, Abby. Yes. Hi. How are you? I am great. I love your TikTok videos. You put up clips of your sessions with people and their higher selves talking and it's such a different way that people talk. It's way slower. It's way more concise. It's mesmerizing. So tell me about your work.
1: Yeah. So I initially trained for past life regression uh, hypnotherapy under the Dolores Cannon method. That's where I started. Now her method is like the base of everything that I know when it comes to doing past life regressions. Right. From there, I also trained under Candace Goldman, mm. who teaches mm. a beyond quantum healing course. And basically, Candace Goldman course gives you a different take on it mm. and allows you to be able to do the sessions remotely. Nice. Um, Dolores Cannon was very old school right. and was not into the Internet or any of that. So under her training, you cannot do them remotely. So I also did the Candace Goldman, and that's how I got into doing sessions remotely. I live in southern Missouri, so doing in-person remote sessions in my area just is not a common thing. There's not much interest where I live. Yeah, Uh, I can only imagine. And, you know, I think it's all about energy, correct? It is. It is. It's all about energy. I never realized how much energy played a role part in our daily lives, but literally everything is energy.
0: Yes. No, it really is. So, Like I said, I love your story because you're also a psychic medium and does that mean you can like I know you talk about going into the Akashic Records and when you do these past life regressions and I love that. And we talked and I think you're gonna do a little mini one on me. Um and I'm so I'm so excited for that. But I'm also just so I'm so curious about Akashic Records. I know it's like a hall of records on the other side. You know, I'd never heard about Akashic Records when you and I were talking before when we were listening to Hay House Radio and all that. I never heard about them so Why is it now a a kind of a thing?
1: You know, I feel like it's always been a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it was maybe looked at in a different way. Okay. You know, as people evolve and souls evolve, mm-hmm. I feel like spirituality also has to evolve. I think in this day and age, it's much easier for people to picture the library because that's very much how I see it. But what's right. really interesting is it's there's always somebody like in the front. Like, it's not like I can go in and just dig through myself, right? right. I connect with your higher self and your spirit team, and they ultimately lead the way through the records. Yeah. But what's really interesting is it looks like, you know, those old libraries that you see like in England where they have the big tall yes. ladders yes. and just the whole place is just full. That is what I see. Mm. So your Akashic records is connected to your higher self okay. and our higher self is combined of Every life we have ever had as a soul, male, female, non-human, because it's possible to have lives as animals, as plants, as trees, Um, your soul has to start small and then evolve into bigger things. So when you go into that library, you're looking at everything that you have ever done, your higher self, everything. So it's just this massive wall. And what I do is when I connect with your team, I ask them to show me lives that may be relevant to the life that you're living today or would be one that you would resonate with. Right. Because. I feel like the whole point of doing past life readings is they have to resonate with the sitter. Um, You know, it it has to resonate in some way. And so I ultimately let your higher self, your spirit team choose the life that they show me. Okay. Okay. And sometimes I hear it. Sometimes they'll show me pictures But a lot of times it comes to me in like an old video reel, you know, the very, really old movies where they would have like the, you'd have to like crank it and it would go across the screen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that is ultimately how I see whenever I'm going into the records. They it will take yeah. me into points of the life and show me like a reel of a scene happening. And
0: you're so like detailed, like, there's so much there that I'm like, holy cow. Be one thing, hey, you grew up in ancient Egypt, but then you like go into what they did and the kind of family they had and how long they lived and how many kids they had and how many siblings. And I'm like, what? This is amazing.
1: <laughs> yes. And you know, I've not always done this. Um, Me reading past lives actually came when I started studying under QHHT. I tell people all the time, I'm a firm believer in this, spirit gives you your abilities when you're ready. I, I started out very small, and the more that I go and the more that I evolve, it just eventually something else comes. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't know I could do that.
0: (laughs) You know, And it's so true, because I've interviewed people who are psychic mediums, who got it later in life. And I really do believe that they kind of had to live a life and live through some of their torment or good times or whatever, to be able to be compassionate about the things that they can do. And, you know, especially if it's in their lineage, and they're suppressing it, now it's okay because i think i think there's a big awakening now i just think there's a lot more people that are accepting this more mainstream don't you think
1: i do and actually in my past life regressions the higher self has said numerous times that we are in a new era spirituality like the community of spirituality is awakening at a very fast pace. Right, yeah. And I think that as people awaken spiritually, it also helps everyone heal. You know, we yes. have generations behind us that they didn't heal. They they became their trauma instead of growing from their trauma. Right. And so I think it's really good for people that they are awakening and they are, you know, opening up to healing because healing's hard. Oh, this is like the
0: hardest place to live, isn't it? <laughs> it is.
1: It is. And so I am in the process of writing a book about nice. conversations with star seeds, basically, nice. where It's conversations that I've had with clients who go into lives that are not here on Earth. Mm. Most of the planets feel glorious and it's pure, unconditional love. But then there are others that are not. They're very like, I feel like I'm listening to a thriller (laughs) when I go through these sessions sometimes. And I have asked numerous people, what is your favorite planet? And they always say their home planet because everybody originates somewhere else not on Earth. And I constantly ask, what is your least favorite planet? Everyone always says Earth. No matter... No matter how bad another planet may have been, they always say Earth.
0: Well, you know what? I think, though, Abby, I think it's because we come in with amnesia. We don't know we're connected to the other side. There's no cheat sheet. The only cheat sheet we have are people like you. You know, and when you come and say, hey, you were once a tree or you were once a rock, and people are like, what? And I'm thinking, you know what? I have compassion for trees now. I have compassion for big boulders that, you know, get crushed up. And I think it's because you have to, like be in that existence to understand and have that empathy for an animal or whatever it is. It just breaks my heart when animals are neglected or hurt. And I mean, I don't even like watching horse racing because I just think it's so hard on the horses.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. For me, I look at it completely different ever since I started doing past life regressions. Because everything has a soul. Everything. trees, grass, even little insects. I am terrified of spiders, literally terrified of them. Yes. And so I often call my husband and I'm like, so I have a little she shed that I do most of my nice. work in. Nice. Yes, but I can't hurt them. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Now, let me tell you,
0: I can hurt roaches. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you
1: would yes. want to be in a life as a roach, right? I mean- <laughs> right, right. I know usually my husband's the one that has to come to my rescue when it comes to that. But, I mean, everything does. Like, yeah. If you think about crystals, right? Yeah. Everybody talks about how crystals have healing properties and crystals are holding vibration from the earth and crystals have a soul too. Right. There are people that have had lives as a crystal, which seems really hard to wrap your mind, like your human mind around. But when you think about it outside of the human mind, it is it is really, really interesting. Yeah, And, you
0: know, I just think we're scratching the surface as to what we can do. On the other side, you know, what you can do and what we all believe or not believe, whatever, it's scratching the surface as to what is possible. And, you know, if if people can heal themselves just with their own minds and then maybe their own souls or Reiki or whatever. Why can't this be true too? And when you talk about like our complete self or our um, higher self on the other side, and I say complete, because part of us is here. Like we're a shattered part of our higher self as me, Leslie, or as you, Abby, right? Because people have said, well, she's already reincarnated. How are you still talking to her? And I'm like, that makes sense. There's a higher self always present on the other side. Correct?
1: There is, there is. So Our higher self is, picture it as this massive ball of pure white energy. Mm. And when we incarnate, only a small piece of our higher self comes down. So your soul, Leslie. Only a small piece of you came down and now you are Leslie. So when you leave this life, that piece of your soul ultimately goes back to the higher self. You can be, you know, a hundred years in the future and connect Leslie in this life through your higher self because you are your higher self that blows me away though
0: I mean it's it's hard to wrap your head around but I get it and it scares me that I get it so
1: no I you know I felt like I knew a lot being a psychic medium I did not know Anything (laughs) until I started doing these past life regressions. It really, really opened up my eyes and my mind to the fact that there is way more out there than people would ever even imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when I talked to near death experiencers, one lady I talked to, she had a disturbing near death. It's one right before yours. And, uh, because she was raised, I believe, Catholic, she assumed and believed she would go to purgatory and she did go and went to hell or whatever. Yeah, not good. And she made it her own experience. But then when she figured out, oh, that's not what that was. And she actually got to where she was supposed to be. She was like, great, I'm here. I'm here. I'm finally here with my best friend who just passed away. And she goes, I want to explore. She goes, I could not get enough of the place. I was just, I wanted to explore and I couldn't because it wasn't my time to go. But you do not even imagine because all of a sudden she had a knowing, all of a sudden she realized, okay, this is home and I want to explore and reintroduce myself to this because I've been gone for so long. This is amazing. And I think we're all going to feel like that. But yeah, Earth, not a fun parade right now.
1: No, no, not for a lot of people. Not yeah. for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, And you know, one of my favorite things to do in the past life regressions is take people into the space that you are just describing. Mm-hmm. I always call it the spirit realm, because right. yeah. as soon as the body dies, the soul instantly goes right. into the spirit realm. And it is an instant Like they could be coming from a terrible death experience Mm. right into the spirit realm. And they may still feel sadness, but they will say, I don't hurt anymore. Yes. I'm okay now. And then, like, a lot of time, they're just like, there's so much love. And they talk like they cannot believe what they're seeing and feeling.
0: Right. And I've heard, you know, people are like, why can't your complete self, your higher self, just become you? And I think it's just so, such a big energy. It would, like, explode your body. It would just be, it's just too much. Yes.
1: Yes. So, I had asked that question in past life regressions. Like, why can't I become my higher self? And That's what they have said. The the energy from it would literally explode the body. The body could not handle it. The body can handle one piece. That's it.
0: Wow. That's incredible to me. Um, So I know you have a little something to talk to me about my little past life thing, and then we can keep talking. Okay.
1: (laughs) I do. So I always like to connect like about 10 minutes before I talk to people, because this really gives me a chance to see what they're showing me and not have super long pauses when I'm giving my readings. Okay. Um, because a lot of times it's like a lot of, I feel like I'm like staring like, Whoa. You know? Right, and so right. I don't like to do that on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so that. the life that I pulled up for you, it seems to have been a life that took place in the, I'm going to say, like, mid to late 1700s. Okay. I feel like you would have been born more towards the mid-1700s. Okay. Um, You were a female in this life. Now, the location does seem to be Canada. But it's really interesting because I kept hearing French and France. And I'm thinking at some point in the 1700s, there must have been a portion of Canada that was still under, like, France's ruling. Okay. And I feel like this is where you would have resided in this life now you would have been considered a part of an indigenous tribe Um, your father was a um, chief and shaman of the tribe I don't believe that they would have called him a shaman though Um, I feel like that's very new age terms but ultimately what was really interesting and why the shaman got brought up is because when people would pass in your tribe there was a ceremony and ultimately the spirits of the ancestors would be called in and they would ask those spirits of the ancestors to take their deceased loved one home Um, and so I feel like that's where being a shaman kind of came from in the new age sense because they help souls go home in a new age way right? right and so Your mother was known as a medicine woman. This was a very, very spiritual life for you. It was a very spiritual existence. The one thing I did notice is that you were very close to what looked like a small stream or river. I'm thinking it may have been like a natural stream um, because it looked like that's where you would get your water from. But you did a lot of what looked like healing in this particular stream with the people that were in your, I don't know if they would have called it a village or a reservation, Um, but it was just like with your people. And it was really interesting because I don't believe that religion was a thing in this time period with the people of this culture. However, it looks like when you go to the river, they do something that looks like baptizing. And I almost feel like it's an energizing, like the water is energizing them. And Renewing them. does right. this make sense?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. i I would never have thought about this kind of past life, so that's cool. I mean, I did I had no idea. That's so cool.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what I did see is that you were female. You were the oldest. um there was two girls and two boys. Okay. You took more after your mother. Uh, the one thing that was really interesting is your younger brothers. they were very, very, I want to say territorial, but that sounds like a, a wrong, like a bad word. It wasn't in a bad way. They were very protective over their family. They were very protective over you and they were very protective over the other sister as well. Yeah. And because of this, they did the hunting. They did all of the stuff that would have required the girls to leave camp, basically. Right. Um, they did all of that. And you and your sister were able to stay home and really kind of develop a relationship and a love for what your mother did. Now, I feel like even though she was the medicine woman of your people, Mm -hmm. she was very, very busy. That was not all that she did. It kind of feels like she, you know, like they say stay at home moms, like they do everything. And that's what I feel like she did in this time period. Um, I'm also seeing what looks to be like maybe clay bowls of some sort Mm -hmm. being made and I'm assuming that's what was being eaten like that's how you guys ate or what you ate off of but she did that now the clothes that you guys would wear they would be washed it feels like maybe like once a month but you would go to the stream and it was a really big deal you would take all the kids and the moms you would all go together to this lake now Later in your life, you were, I want to think that you were probably in your early 20s. You did not have any kids yet, and you were not married yet. You had found someone that you were very, very much in love with, Mm -hmm. but it had not gone much further than that up to this point. Mm -hmm. What it looks like is around this time period, I believe white man was coming in. It could have very well been the French Mm -hmm. that were coming in and they were capturing the indigenous tribes. And when you and the kids and all of the other women were out at the creek washing clothes, ultimately you were ambushed and Mm -hmm. all of you were captured and all of you were imprisoned. You never got to see your husbands again from this point it it does turn very tragic it looks like the husbands the the men that were at the camp the camp basically just ended up being completely Rated, it looks like but when I say rated, I mean like every everyone was killed things were wow. set on fire they pretty much leveled that area um oh. now you and your kids did end up in and it looks very much like an imprisonment slavery type mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. where you did not live a very good life going forward. Um, I do not show that you lived much longer after the imprisonment took place and the slavery took place. Mm. It looks like there was probably two or three years after that. Ultimately, you did end up dying from You were just very malnourished. They did not feed you very well, Mm -hmm. if at all. You did very hard labor. So you were very, very malnourished. Your body was just very, very weak. And you were in your mid-20s, I think, at this point. So it ended up being one of those lives where the one thing that stood out to me when I was watching the ambush take place, is you kept saying to a friend that you felt like there was somebody watching. And so you were almost trying to get people to Like, come on, let's, let's round up. Let's go back. Um, and when they noticed that you noticed, that's when it happened. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that brought up almost like a paranoia type of thing for you for the rest of this lifetime. And you were always very paranoid about who was there, who was watching. You always felt like. I want to say like, you always felt like big brother was watching you. Like there was always somebody that was watching your every single movement for the rest of that particular lifetime. And that was something that your uh, soul said you would never got used to, you would never be able to get used to the feeling Mm -hmm. of not having that peace and freedom that you once did in that lifetime. And I felt like one of the lessons of that lifetime was to ultimately learn that your peace and your freedom comes in very small amounts and that's why it's good to take full advantage of it while you have it, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay. That was tragic. Um, (laughs) Because I've always been, um, I figure somebody's going to bring up King Henry VIII sometime because I I swear to God, I know I lived in England. I know I did (laughs) at some point, but see, I I probably have had so many different lives because I'm such a believer in reincarnation. That I'm sure I've had hundreds of lives and that's you just picked up on the one that my guides and my team told you to pick up on so maybe I yeah. could learn something yeah. here because listen I have a fantastic life now and it's almost like this was my life to do something that's not necessarily as hard labor and something that's not as hard on me physically but yet still do as much as I can good you know with the podcast or my books or whatever so maybe yeah. I maybe I'm serving good karma now I don't even know
1: yeah you know and it it felt like in that lifetime, you got to truly be who you were. You didn't have to sugarcoat your spirituality. You could be open. Right. Okay. Um, and I felt like that kind of mirrored a little bit. Maybe now that you're older in this life, you can be who you are yeah. and you don't have to sugarcoat it, you know, for others to give their opinion. Because I feel like if they did, it wouldn't matter.
0: Yeah, No, and, and it doesn't. And you're absolutely right. Gosh, that's, that's amazing. I'll have to look up the indigenous uh, people of Canada, because I don't know if they're, if they're also like Native Americans, or if they're somebody a whole different kind of people. Do you know?
1: And I did not look anything up at all. Okay. I channeled this about 10 minutes before you called. Okay. Okay. I believe that there was indigenous tribes, but I don't know if they would have been known as, known as Native American because it was part of the French land. Okay. Yeah, um, I just didn't
0: know if they were like of those kinds of people or is it a whole different? Yeah. Yes, okay.
1: like of that kind, like okay. tribal of that kind, like, I feel like there was a head, like a chief that took care of every, you know, that did all of that, ultimately, like your father in that life, I seen him in the big headdress. So that's why I say like an indigenous Indian. Yeah.
0: And I gotta say something too. Isn't it amazing that you can do this? And it's almost like you get a free movie.
1: Every time you do this, I I know I tell my husband all the time <laughs> I really need to be an author because I could write some really cool books. <laughs> could
0: No, you really couldn't. See, guys, what I'm talking about. She goes into detail, and yes, she channeled it like right before, so she could probably remember every little thing. She does this with people that uh, comment and say, "Hey, can you give me a reading?" Tunes into their energy and thinks about it. And then she does a video on it. And it's just so incredible. And then I look, I've looked stuff up that she said, and it's absolutely spot on the right time period. Everything's right. And I'm not trying to disprove her. I just was like, huh, that's interesting. That makes me go, hmm, let me look at that. And then I was like, Oh, my God, she's spot on. This is amazing. (laughs) Um, Now, let me ask you something. When somebody comes to talk to you for whatever reading, can you also do a medium reading where you talk to their loved ones that have passed or whatever? Can you do those things too?
1: I can. Yes, that's actually where I started in the very beginning of my journey. That's kind of what started everything. A great grandmother, my mom says I met her when I was little but I just have no memory of her. Yeah. She started visiting me. I would wake up in the middle of the night and she would either be sitting on the edge of my bed or standing over me and it was extremely terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to see, you know, this transparent and I didn't know who it was and it continued and it continued and so finally I said something to my mom like I don't know who this is, mom. And I described her and my mom just broke down into tears. And she's like, Abby, that's my grandmother. That's who you're named after. Wow. And yes. Yes. And so there ultimately was a lot of unhealed trauma in my mother's childhood and with her family line, we'll just say, and we were able to heal so much of the stuff that she had been through and ultimately help her better understand why connecting in the very, very beginning. So that's kind of how it all started. I I saw her and then I started really digging into the family history and it just kind of started from there.
0: And one of your, um and by the way, thank you so much for that reading. That was so kind and lovely of you. Thank you very much for that. Um And also, let me ask you something else. One of your videos, your client, you know, you had them under hypnosis and they were talking about It's not intentional, but sometimes when we die, pieces of us stay behind. Is that what makes a ghost?
1: Yes. So what I believe is when the human experiences trauma, severe trauma, it can cause fragments of our soul to tip off. And I do believe because, you know, our soul is ultimately energy. Everything is energy and energy can build and build and build more and more over time. And I do believe that that is what creates the ghosts that we see. And a lot of the videos that you see, people will talk about how this ghost reappears at the same time every night and they're doing the same thing over, you know, know, Um, it's just because it's a memory.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, and it's not residual because I do think they're intelligent, but they're confused because they're whole, they're just fragments of the fragment of soul that you were, so they don't really understand what's going on, why they're there, or maybe they do after a while, it's not like people go, hey, I want to stick around for a thousand years to be a
1: ghost, I mean, eventually, right. I think... <laughs> right, and yeah. I think a lot of that energy learns how to manipulate energy, yes. the more energy that they have, the more that they can evolve as energy, and become more of a presence, if that makes sense. Well, and do you think that someone you know
0: on the other side on the spirit realm do you think after a while they just say okay it's time to go get this person or or the people evolve enough to where they're like i want to come back to god i need to go to the light or whatever what do you what do you think makes them finally not become ghosts if someone doesn't actually help them cross over
1: so i have been asking this question why why do we lose pieces of our soul Why why do these pieces not come back because What I have noticed is when we are younger, when our souls are younger in the evolving stages, a lot of times those souls, they die Mm -hmm. and they go right back into another life. They do not take any time to heal any trauma that may have happened. Right. What I understand is that older souls, much, much older souls have a place. I have heard a couple of them talk about a temple, a crystal temple Mm. where there is iridescent liquid um, and you can go heal your soul in this liquid, Mm. in this crystal temple. And ultimately that heals the fragments that you may have lost. And so I feel like as we heal ourselves, we are healing ultimately that as well. The souls that do not heal before they go. I believe that is how we end up with people that have traumatic energy from like past life deaths that carry into the next life and cause like phobias of phobias of dying. um, If they died at a very young age and had a tragic death, I've had a handful of sessions where, the death was very, very tragic. And it was at a very young age, it had to do with child abuse. Okay. And the soul finished that life. And they were looking for somebody in their soul family. So they didn't wait around, they just kept going. And the lives were more and more traumatic. But that builds that energy builds your soul never ever forgets. Wow. And I think eventually when you can realize it, there are people in the world that can help you release that energy that you may have right. suppressed, you know? Right. And then you won't deal with those phobias anymore.
0: Well, and you know, Abby, when you talk about young and old souls, I'm confused because I mean, weren't we all kind of created at the same time? Or does energy build and you are created out of new energy? How does that work?
1: So I am still ultimately okay. <laughs> researching this answer. I always ask the hard questions, don't I? <laughs> no. I have asked this question several different times. Okay. We are not all old souls. There are still new souls that are ultimately being created. When I asked how a new soul starts, mm-hmm. I have had it explain that it looks like particles of matter, little bitty pieces. Okay. And that energy in that area of those little bitty pieces eventually builds and builds and builds. And the soul gets bigger and then the soul can start evolving by doing incarnations, by being tree, by being grass, by being a rock, right? Like you always start very, very small and souls ultimately do not come to earth first. They have to go live other lives and have other experiences because earth is pretty traumatic and I had been told by the higher self if they were to send a brand new soul to earth to live a human life that they couldn't handle it. Oh. They they it would be too much. They have to build their soul so that their soul evolves and knows how to handle experiences that they're feeling. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And I don't know if you can tell how old my soul is compared to someone else's. I don't even know how that works, but I don't even know if you get that on me or not, but I didn't know. I think so, I've been around a while.
1: What I can tell you, what I do see, is they compare you and your husband. Uh I feel like you and your husband are soulmates. And soulmates typically come with soul contracts. And sometimes they're part of the soul family. Sometimes they're not. However, I feel you and your husband are part of the same soul family. Now, that being said, you guys have likely had many lives together. When you first met your husband, it was probably a familiar feeling even though you didn't know him you didn't know anything about him it would have just been like a hey why do I feel like I know you and typically with soulmates now I'm not saying that you won't struggle because everyone struggles in the human body but with soulmates no matter what you go through no matter what life throws at you you guys are still strong you remain strong you remain in love yeah we do nail on the head Nail on the head. Absolutely. Now, I feel that your soul is older than his soul. Your soul just feels way more evolved. That doesn't mean much in the spirit realm because, you know, everything is happening concurrently, right, right. <laughs> which yeah. is really hard to That's understand. A, yeah, but I day, feel like you know. your soul has had more experiences.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you say that because my husband thinks this is a bunch of caca. And you know what, though? <laughs> but he, but he's so amazing. I say this almost every single time uh, I have people on because when he comes up, I talk about this. He's so amazingly supportive. And he, he'll listen to some of the stories and every now and then he'll kind of cross that little line and, and go, oh, okay, I see that, you know, but he's so not into this. But, you know, if, if he were, you know, Abby, I think I'd be all over the place. I don't think he grounds me, you know? Yeah,
1: my husband is literally the exact same way. Okay, He is very, very supportive of all of my endeavors. But when I do talk to him about my stories, he's like, mm, very interesting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like if he would,
0: yeah, yeah. It's like if my husband wanted to talk to me about cars, I'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. Whatever makes you happy, go buy it, whatever. You know what I mean? And I could care less. And and he really couldn't care. I mean, he loves that I love it, and he loves to hear some of the stories because it's not all about paranormal for me too. And he likes to hear some of the other things that I do. Um, but he knows me as his wife, and he knows me as somebody that wasn't a podcaster and wasn't a writer and all the things. So it's hard for him to wrap his head around that whole other identity I have. You know.
1: Yes. My husband, he often says that about me too, because this came on, you know, six years into our marriage. So it's, yes, it's all for him. It was very, it's been very eye opening because when we got together, he was an atheist and yes. And so he definitely isn't an atheist anymore, but I just don't think he knows what to believe. He knows there's more because he watches me. He just doesn't know what.
0: Right. And I, same with my husband. I think he's more of an agnostic. He's, he knows there's something, but he doesn't uh, believe in any one thing. It's just, uh, I'll see what happens when it happens, you know? And I hope you're yeah. right. It's like, I hope you're right. Then we get to see each other and we get to hang out up there too, you know? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> and yeah. Can- my husband, in the beginning, he would have never admitted that he was being touched or bothered by something that he couldn't see, you know. Right. And now, randomly, at times, he will say, your ghost friends are bumping the bed in the middle of the night. You need to figure it out. We need
0: to to talk about that because before we started recording, you said, listen, I go to all these houses and I can find all these ghosts. And then your mom was like, was it your mom, your your grandmother? Was it your grandmother who said, said, do you think it's really haunted or do you think they're all following you?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Every... (laughs) Every house I have ever lived in, ever, I have a ghost story for every one of them. That is so great. I feel like they all start as a child. I grew up in a town inside Kansas City, Missouri, and I lived uh, like my front yard basically, like there was a street, obviously, but we still owned a little bitty corner of a Jewish graveyard. Okay. Wow. So, so I was always very, very enamored and very interested in the graveyard. I wanted to know, oh, yeah. you know, I wanted to know I, I was very interested. I but would
0: have loved to live by a graveyard. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think they're
1: cool. I, and see, now I do. Now, as a kid, I always thought it was cool. Yeah. My earliest memory, I was still in my crib wow. and I would play with this older woman obviously not a live person (laughs) she was always very transparent and white looking okay but I remember playing with her I know now that that is one of my spirit guides okay but I have memories all through growing up in that house we would see what looked like uh Jewish prisoners marching down our street like they all had number badges on them um Yes. And the girls that I grew up with, we often talk about the stories and what we experienced and felt on that street, because on that street, it's just very active. Yeah.
0: And that's crazy. Yeah. Was it a Jewish community where they were doing uh, like little commemorative parades and stuff and they happened to be survivors or was it? Wow. okay, tell me more.
1: Yeah. No, nope, It was not a Jewish community. I think that the person that originally owned the land was Jewish. And I think that originally he started this graveyard. So by the time I lived there, there was already people that had bought in that area to take care of it. But it's actually a really huge Jewish graveyard. So, I mean, they would have like the funerals and stuff, but no, there wasn't any parades or, and I never put two and two together about the people marching with the number badges ever until I was much older. Okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, it makes sense. It makes complete sense. Okay. So in the Holocaust, a lot of the Jews were numbered. Right. And I know that there were many survivors of the Holocaust. And so I believe that what we were seeing was fractions of those souls that had been traumatized Mm -hmm. in those time periods. And we were seeing like the memory of that happening, stuff like that. Now, there was a house on the corner that nobody would live in. It was very, very, very active. To this day, I don't know if the house is still there or if they did demolish it, but they couldn't get people to stay in the house because it was very active. And we never really knew why. We just always thought it was active because the graveyard was right in front of it. Right. Wow. See
0: that? I love a graveyard, though. I love a good graveyard. I even have my husband, he'll go with me too, because he likes to look at the you know, the history. I love history. And he loves to look at all the historical markers. And he likes to see how they used to be way back because they were, they were so different than they are today. And it's so fun to see, you know, sometimes there's pictures on them, which might be a little macabre to yes. some people. But I kind of think it's somewhat charming. And I know that sounds crazy. And then you see a whole family, and then it's just tragic, you know, and you just kind of feel bad. But it it is an energy thing where you can read something. And I I get something from that. And I don't mean it like I'm an empath or have any kind of abilities, really, I think everybody does somewhat, but I think it's more of a I could feel it, you know, just for a moment in time, you can kind of feel that feel that, you know, pain that the whole family felt for just a a second.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I love stopping at, so in Missouri, Mm -hmm. they have lots of very old graveyards that are like tiny and kind of right off the side of the road or right off the side of the highway. And I love stopping in those ones because those ones are the ones that have the headstones from like the 1700s and sometimes even later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also, let me ask you this. So I had a friend whose dog had passed away and, and I know, I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Now, all dogs, they all have a soul, and they go to the other side. Do they go where we go, or do they go to their own area?
1: So this is very interesting. I have recently been gathering information on this. Okay dogs, animals, and humans, we all have the same soul vibration. This means that your soulmate or somebody in your soul family can decide to incarnate as an animal. And that will be your dog that's you know, like like I have a dog that I had for many, many years who I know is a soulmate. So you have probably had lives as animals. I believe that we all go back to the same place. And our soul decides, do we go to life as a human? Do we go to life as an animal? Most higher selves say that human is just more fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine going backwards, but although, you know, if you have, and I've talked to people or psychics or heard actually your videos too, who say some people just come and incarnate here to just have a restful life. It's, there's not a whole lot going on. And it might just be that they need to heal their souls as a human. And they get more from that than just trying to heal their soul on the other side, not being in human form. Correct?
1: Right. Yeah. And it's all about experiences. Like, So Dolores Cannon teaches that every life has a lesson and a purpose, right? Right. And you talk about that and people are like, why? Why do we have to have lessons when we come here? And it's not necessarily about the lesson. It's about experiencing the lesson. It's about experiencing the life. So there are souls that choose to have a very... I want to say very non-existent, but they're existent. They just, it's very quiet. There's not a whole lot that goes on, but they chose that, right? Right.
0: That's my thing. You know, there are people that just have very quiet, Normal little lives, and then they move on. But they did have heartbreaks here and there, and they did have you know some tragedy, and they did have a lot of happiness. And it might just be I don't want to be killed as an indigenous person, and I don't want to be in prison this time, and I want to you know I don't want to be a slave or I don't want to be you know a, a a prostitute or whatever it is that was tragic in their lives. I want this kind of life, and and that's what's so cool. I just I just love this. So if somebody were to contact you, let us still all of your information because I want my listeners to find you very quickly and easily. So tell me everywhere they can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a website. It's called The Angelic Soul. Uh, It's just theangelicsoul.com. And that takes you to basically all of the readings that I offer because I do offer several different types of readings. I also offer intuitive coaching to help people who want to strengthen their psychic abilities. Right. And I also have an Etsy shop. So, what started everything is I actually own a crystal business. Oh, nice. Yes. And The crystals is kind of what started the rolling of everything else for me, but that was where my heart was in the very beginning. So right now we have the majority of our stuff online. I have an Etsy shop. It's angelic soul crystals. And I also have a Facebook group where I have done basically all of my selling for the crystals for the last six years. Yeah. I do weekly lives where we go over new inventory I source crystals from all over the world. Nice. So as they come in, we'll do live shows on Saturday nights and yes. have our sales and show it off. And I also have the Etsy and the TikTok was just kind of something new. And at first, the TikTok was very much like sourced towards my crystals oh, okay. because I was very, I live in an area where being open about spirituality like I am, it's very frowned upon. Sure. And so I just didn't talk about it much. Right, right, And I had a friend who has a very large following on TikTok. She was like, you just should try it. Just see what happens. And after doing free readings on Facebook for the last six years, I decided to go over to TikTok. And 50,000 um, people later who follow you. I know. <laughs> I know. It's insane. Yeah. And at this point, my business has picked up so much that I feel like at the end of the night I'm trying to rush to make a video oh, <laughs> just to you know to yeah. keep TikTok going. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I, you don't have to do much because I tell you, once you follow her, you know how like when you start following people, you start seeing all their videos. When you just go to your friends, you start seeing like one after the other after the other. And mm-hmm. I I see so many of the ones that you have that are the regression ones. And I just because I know when when Dolores Cannon she said I remember her early talks about this. She said when I started hypnotizing people, she goes I was helping them quit smoking. She goes and yeah. all, and then all of a sudden they're talking about past lives. And none of these people yeah. knew each other. And then They're talking all about the same crap that's going on. And she's like, what is going on? And that's what started this whole thing. But see, that's how a soul starts. Think about it. Didn't even start out. Didn't even mean to start out as a soul. All of a sudden, it just gained all that energy. And now I'm a soul. Thank you. Give me a life, you know?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. No, and honestly, like I was very enamored with Dolores Cannon and with her teachings. But I didn't know the extent of how mind-blowing it really could be until I started doing these sessions and some of the things that you hear and that you experience it it's really hard for your human mind to fully like accept it and wrap your mind around it it, I, it I know
0: And she's like guys I didn't just make up these answers I'm getting these answers from thousands of people and they all say the same things
1: I mean seriously so When I first decided to do Dolores Cannon's thing, I was in a couple of Facebook groups and I asked some questions about it. And basically, they told me that it was gibberish, that it was people's opinions. And that's what the higher self, the higher self was based off of their opinions and their beliefs. Right. So I treaded very lightly at first. Okay. And I decided to test the theory. And basically, I have a few questions that I ask every single session, Mm -hmm. every single higher self. Now, they may not be the exact word-for-word answers, but they tell you the same thing, every single person, every single higher self and that's what made me realize this is not an opinion-based thing. You are literally connecting with the universal highway as the CIA likes oh, to call it. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> No, it's so true. And I'm enamored and just so in awe of, of how you guys can do this. And then the results you get and the great questions you ask during the sessions, because like I said, they're only a minute long. I think if they go longer, the sound goes out or something, TikTok doesn't let you do or whatever, but they're just yeah. so interesting. But you have been so fascinating. I may have to have you back on because I want to hear all the spooky stories. Maybe we'll do a Halloween episode or something because, yeah. Abby, you have been fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for pulling up my, my past life, one of my past lives. That was just so incredible.
1: Well, you are welcome. And thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. I would love to come back.